ever-growing amount of evidence, proof and scientific data is demonstrating we need to take this much more seriously. People are meant to move about and the benefits of movement on both physical and mental health are numerous, yet we wait until it's often too late and we can't do anything about it. So think about it, do you feel low? Do you lack energy or do you have poor motivation? Do you feel down and depressed and don't feel like moving? Do you want to improve your self-esteem and maybe your sleep pattern and perhaps combat the feelings of depression while you're at it? Well, I think it's time to start exercising. Get up and move. Hello friends, welcome to The Theseus Project podcast about men's mental health and the benefits of physical exercise. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. Today's topic, physical exercise and its connection with mental health and well-being with Furkan from Easy Conversations. Since launching the Theseus Project, I've had the pleasure of meeting and speaking to a number of people. I enjoy hearing from other people's experiences and their insights relating to mental health and their well-being. And with this conversation, I decided to take it a little loose. So we just opened it up and ran with it. It may feel a little bit more organic than the last interview I did. In this week's episode, we talk about physical exercise and its connection with mental well-being. And we exchanged our learned experiences and our perspectives on it. The Firkin has grown quite a large presence on Instagram with his excellent post and, con- and his um, conversational podcast called Easy Conversations. I recommend that you probably take a visit to his Instagram page and give him a follow and check out the other interviews he's been involved with. So before we start, I just wanted to say I appreciate you spending your free time listening to this podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I thank you very, very much. Please consider that I'm recording these podcasts so people can listen and learn. And this is not just directed at men. Yeah, I focus on men's mental health, but I'd like everybody to think of their own experiences whilst listening to these. I receive messages from all around the world, from Australia and Denmark, and obviously with Furkan from Canada. I'm sorry to say, but there are a number of people out there that have had far worse experiences. And I'm hoping that by listening to these podcasts and by listening to other people's experiences, we can bring these valuable lessons to you. So please, I really would like you to listen and absorb and understand that the Thesis Project aims to spread the message from a perspective of experience. I'm hoping that this will provide you with some value and that you're staring down the road, and if you're starting down the road of healing, know that I am thinking of you. I'm with you every step of the way. Remember, this process can be difficult, but we can do it together. So before we get underway, please can I ask you to do me a favor and help spread the message of this podcast. If you've enjoyed the content, please let your friends know about us, as it would really help us grow. Also, if you've not done it already, don't forget to subscribe so you can grab all the upcoming episodes of the Theseus Project podcast. 
and leave us a five-star review, as that will really help us out and keep the algorithm happy. So without further ado, here we go. And we are on with Furkan from Easy Conversations. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. So I think this is recording. Brilliant. Um, well, welcome, Furkan. Thank you very much for joining us um, again um, with a, yet another interview um, on the Theseus Project. And what I would really want to do today is pick your brains relating to a specific topic. Mm -hmm. So I think what we'll do is uh, we'll discuss uh, wellness and well-being and the impact of training um, and physical activity in combating low moods and depression and anxiety. Um, and I'm going to treat this slightly differently in where I'm not going to have a list of questions. We'll just treat it as a, as a conversation and we'll just let it roll and see what happens. So um, I suppose for me, if I ask kickstart, kick things off, uh, for me, for Ken, um, I used to train a lot of martial arts and um, I was, I, well, I am a second degree black belt in Japanese jujitsu, um, uh, which is called Bujitsu, which was uh, a form of jujitsu which uses weapons and um, not a lot of groundwork, but there's a lot of standing up work and things. And it, it, there wasn't any katas or anything or any forms. It was all very visceral, very raw, and very um, close interaction with your opponent or your your training partners. Mm -hmm. um, which that I find that training martial arts up to that level was very invigorating and allowed you then to disconnect. Uh, from all your issues and you, your wellness and the mindfulness of uh, training really helped with dealing with the stuff and the pressures of the outside world. Um, I also trained a lot in the gym um, and I used to train um, boxing as well. So it was a very easy way for me to use uh those types of exercises very combat focused i must admit obviously with the boxing and mm -hmm. the, the martial arts mm -hmm. um, yeah. but it was there was a great outlet so um if i felt anything from the day it was really easy for me just to push those negative feelings out through that um obviously uh since 2020 started i've not been able to do any of it whatsoever not been able to do any training with regards to martial arts or boxing um the gyms are all closed and running just doesn't have the same attraction as beating the hell out of something or someone for that matter um so it, it uh, i would really how, what about you your, your feelings of your training and i noticed that your instagram page and your content the content you push out you you look you you have been in the past very active what do you find was the most relaxing for you or did you find that exercise or gym work or training or um crossfit or any other particular types of stuff that you used to do would that be of benefit to you did you find a connection that way oh absolutely i think um uh, just movement in general you know and i i looked at my life uh before the lockdowns and and in the current state it, it's yeah. night and day um you know like i like being able to go to work i walk to work i walk around to get coffee i'll walk for lunch um so i mean that's just the basic 
thing, right? Just walking, which mm. I haven't been doing. I was looking at my step count um, and, you know, it's, it's, I actually feel embarrassed in terms of how, <laughs> how my average steps per day has significantly dropped. And then, you know, I look at the, the other high intensity stuff. Um, I, I, I would play basketball once a week. I would play hockey once a week and I would go swimming once a week when my son would be doing his swimming classes. So I'd be swimming laps. <clears throat> um, and, and gym three or four times a day, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I, I would, yeah. sorry, I sorry. would go to, uh, go to the gym three or four times a week. So you take all that and you basically it's all wiped away. And, uh, you know, when I'm physically active, I feel great about myself. And, and it basically, for me, that's where it starts. Mm. Uh, from a mental health perspective, I feel uh, I, I engage in the activities, I feel great, then I eat better. Yeah. And if I'm eating better, I'm, I'm getting better sleep, because I just, you know, have a proper routine. And then I just have this uh, you know, positive feeling internally. So I'm like doing all the other things, meditating, journaling, um, being kind to myself and, and just full of energy. And yeah, if you take that initial state away, um, I feel like, you know, over the past month and a half for me, um, with the lockdowns and not being able to play my sports, I got a little creative. I started running more. I was running once a week, uh, at least and I haven't been doing that. I used the cold weather as an excuse. Now that's not an excuse, but I still haven't been able to, for some reason, there's some blocker. Um, and I think I keep just waiting for the gyms to open so I can just start there again. And I'm not pushing myself. <clears throat> and as a result, because I'm not being active, I'm not eating as well. I'm not sleeping as well. And I can feel you know, being frustrated at times, being aggravated, being um, easily instigated. Like, it's just, for me, it's all under the same umbrella. And personally, it starts with physical fitness, in my case. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're going from. And I, I like the connection you drew in there, because, because you're not training regularly, because you're not exercising, or even basic movement, you don't feel the need or want to, or desire to then eat a really good diet. And because you don't eat a good diet that precipitates you feeling worse. So you don't want to, you don't want to journal. And so you don't journal anything. So you just, then you fall into the habit of thinking, well, I don't record how I'm feeling. And, and then you don't get any good sleep because you haven't moved very well. You've not eaten very well. Mm -hmm. and you're probably relying on very much like me at the moment, which is rubbish food. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, again, it just seems to one into another to another, which compounds. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I found that exactly the same as you. It just these connections um, end up putting you in a pretty rough and bad place. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's a very good point. Um, I I don't know how you feel about it, but um, I'd love to get your take on you. Do you ever find that when you were training physically, you were ever in uh, like a competitive sort of mind space? Like you you needed even if it was just friendly competition. Um, such as if you went to the gym with someone, if you're doing reps or high intensity workouts and you're, and you're just having someone with you to ebb you on was a really good motivating factor. Without that, it is so difficult to keep 
myself motivated um and i don't know do you do you feel the same way with it well for me with workouts it's it is competitive but i'm competing with myself it's like okay you know if i did this much weight if i benched this much last time i need to push harder this time whether it's one extra rep or mm -hmm. extra weight it's it's the small things but for me i get a lot out of uh, a lot of the competition through the, the team sports I play, whether it's basketball or hockey, um, yeah. that's definitely, you know, competitive, even though I, you know, it's, it's for fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not playing in like a, a competitive league or a professional league. Uh, it, it is for fun, but for me, just that, uh, you know, competitive nature winning or, or scoring or whatever, um, just trying to get better it is yeah it doesn't motivate me for sure um and for me the way i look at it as a child i've always been active and this mm -hmm. is probably the least active i've ever been in my life right the, the least and and i could say last year even though with the lockdowns and getting creative um i was probably i would say probably in the best physical shape of my life and then it's just after a while it just became too much and for some reason i just <clears throat> um like i said i haven't been able to get around that blocker of pushing myself i've just become complacent and it's funny you know like sometimes when people become complacent they're not aware um mm. but i am aware and for some reason i'm not pushing myself uh you know i keep setting a timeline oh you know i'll start next week and then yeah. next week comes i'm like oh you know what like this is happening this week i can't and uh yeah it's uh and and it's funny like i'm not getting proper sleep but i just don't have the, the motivation or energy because i'm not being active to do other things yeah yeah i mean but it, i suppose saying competitive was probably the wrong word for it i was trying to find a way of uh, it's if you're if you're training with someone else that you know for example it's not um it's more of a motivating factor rather than a, a friendly competition um such as if you have a training partner where you go to the gym with you're not necessarily trying to beat that person but sometimes having someone to go with you um just to say oh yeah come on let's go let's, let's do this session together and having someone that you know at the gym for example that just that you know you're meeting somebody there so you're gonna go you make more of an effort to go mm -hmm. instead of coming back and thinking ah there's something on netflix i'll smash that tonight instead you know it's a lot easier to come back from hard at work and put your feet up and grab some uh, i think ct fletcher put it best is some bonbons and sit on the sofa and do nothing rather than um going pay tribute to the gods of iron um i think i suppose probably yeah so um i for me um i found that when i was training martial arts especially uh that was something which really helped me with my overall mental health um martial arts such as training jiu-jitsu was allowed me to achieve a state of mindlessness and connection with my surroundings so much so that you once you step on the mat and you started training you left everything else away from you and that feeling of 
just concentrating on making sure that you are training at your best, you're performing at your best, and you're looking after your opponent as well as you're looking to defeat your opponent. Because at the end of the day, your opponent is just the training partner and you want to make sure they go to work the next day and not to hospital. So you got to make sure you look after them. Um, but that connection, uh, I'm finding that is something which I'm missing a lot. Um, it was like a form of active meditation. That's the only way I could describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that feeling of, of connection with some with your surroundings in that you become formless when you're doing your training and you, you're, you're using every part of your body to connect with what it is you're doing. Um, without having that, that is, it's like, cancer for your soul mm-hmm. once you've been experienced for it once you've experienced that feeling of mindlessness like i said it's it's that 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 withdrawal from it it's a lockdown it's not a it's, it's completely stopped all of that from that from mm-hmm. happening um i'm really really struggling with that now mm-hmm. I, I thought i could possibly handle it to begin with but of late i think the last three months has been awful for it yeah, no, I agree. I think the longer it's gone, the harder it's become because, you know, it, it's easier when it's like, okay, well, maybe this will last one month or two months and I'll get through it. But then when it gets, keep, you know, it keeps getting stretched out, it becomes more difficult for sure. Um, I think a part of it also for me personally, and I don't know if it applies to other people, but, and I kind of talked about it in my post this morning was uh, a sense of community. So, you know, just going to the gym or going to play sports, you you know, you're around people, like-minded people, you're kind of there with a shared purpose, uh, a common goal, and and it feels good just to be around people as well, right? And and seeing people that you normally run into at the gym or a friend and just having a quick chat. So stuff like that also makes a difference, you know, when you get out, um, you're seeing other faces. Uh, and I, I think we've all been deprived of that right now as well, which uh, makes it even more difficult uh, from a social perspective. Mm, yeah, you're right. Humans, I've heard that humans are very social creatures and depriving them of that, um, especially in the area where you gain so much from it and having these people around you that are like-minded, where you're all going for that um, that goal, that collective goal of bettering yourself, um, the inspiration you can derive from others, as well as provide other people by doing those exercises. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, without, without having that, that is, yeah, I don't ever consider that as, as, I've always looked at it from a singular perspective. So looking at it from a group perspective is, yeah, that's more profound actually, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, that completely stopped me, to be honest, because I, <laughs> I was looking at that one thinking you know, from more of a singular perspective, but then no, no, that was very good. Um, I suppose what, when you look to coming out of lockdown, what would you like? Have you got a list? I mean, you must have a, I know you've got this mental block at the moment that is stopping yeah. you from training and say, for example, lockdown goes to tomorrow, all open, you can do whatever you want to do you've got a smorgasbord of stuff of delectable treats that you can subject your body to when it comes to training what will be your first go-to thing that you would probably want to start again 
I think just going to the gym, um, cause that's more individual. Um, you know, I've like, I'm 38 almost now and I've had my share of injuries, uh, like four years ago, I tore my ACL and that really humbled me in the sense where, you know, I, my entire life, I, you know, I pushed myself, pushed myself and, um, injuries were never a concern. I didn't take care of my body as much as I should have, mm. like the, the stretching and the yoga and, and over the past few years after my injury and, and going through surgery, I've become more mindful of my body. So, you know, even with that, um, if lockdown open, I'm not going to go gangbusters. I, I'm going to have to be mindful of the slow transition. Mm. Um, but definitely going to the gym and slowly uh, transitioning back is probably top of the list when it comes to activities. Um, but at the same time, taking care of my body, being kind um, to my body and and nourishing it like and having a proper diet again um so those are all the things i'll probably be focusing on <clears throat> and with that being said you know i've also filled my time uh, with other things like mm. doing podcasts reading books um so it's going to be finding a fine balance like i just don't want to drop all the other things or hobbies i've picked up on mm. Yeah, um, the, doing the podcasts and studying mental health, in particular men's mental health, I've actually found that to be something that's got a hook in my soul now. And it's um, I think that's become part of me. You're absolutely right. It's something which, when lockdown's over, I still need to find a way of incorporating this, not letting it suffer, because I now have other options to go and train and do stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, very true, very, very true. On the subject of um, going gangbusters, um, I, uh, this will make you laugh. I, I bought some TRX row, um, TRX straps mm -hmm. and I've got a garage in my backyard and, uh, I can, I've set them up and I did, I did that. I did some basic uh, crunches. I did some medicine ball crunches. I did uh, renegade rows with some, uh, dumbbells. Uh, I did leg raises and I ran 5k and I did that three times uh three times so i did the 5k first and i did the exercises three times uh not last week the week before and i thought that's a nice way to start i'll do that and by the second time of doing it i could not walk upstairs i was in absolute agony i used to deadlift like 100 110 kilos and think nothing of it and bench mm -hmm big numbers and squats and used to train almost every other day and where I've been so inactive for so long just doing so all right okay I'm 42 yeah all right I'm, I know I'm getting older so I've got to change up my exercise habits mm -hmm. but the the feeling I got my body was screaming at me going upstairs now how dare you do this to me you've done eight months of little to no exercise whatsoever and here you are now throwing this stuff at me so I think you, you've got a good point there about um, pacing yourself and structuring it properly absolutely right mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah yeah I mean it's easy to like just go crazy you know uh, it's like being a kid in a candy shop but I think <laughs> uh, being mindful of your body too and I think that's important and I think that for me, like I said, it's come with experience, um, experiencing injury and just being more mindful of 
uh, knowing my limits, knowing when to stop. And to your example, I went finally went for a run last week after a month. And for three days, my legs were like just like rubber. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was, again, another humbling moment is like, OK, I'm not like in my 20s or early 30s anymore where I can just get up and run and the next day be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's it's like, you know, I'm not doing any leg exercises or any weights. And all of a sudden I just go for a run, uh, even though it was like oh, yeah. 5K, but Did my you... legs were just like. Did I hear you say that you did um, yoga and meditation? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I used to do yoga quite a bit in my 20s and then I stopped. And then as soon as I started having injuries, uh, like I said, four, three or four years ago, I tore my ACL. So I started doing yoga again. And yeah, um, I mean, that's not happening right now. But yeah, I, I do have yoga in my practice and, and I try to meditate um i don't meditate as often as i would like but i try to get in one at least one uh meditation session per day that's my goal mm. i don't hit that all the time but yeah when you meditate is there any particular form of meditation that you like to do well for me i would say i'm an an amateur <laughs> when it comes to meditation it's something i it took me a while to get into um, like most people I've heard, but, uh, I just do guided meditation. So, uh, you know, I have an app on my phone and I'll just, uh, put my headphones on and just lay down and, and just do the breathing and mm. focus on my breathing. Mostly, um, there's different forms of meditation. And I think yeah. for people, <clears throat> there's no one way. Um, and that's what I've come to accept because, you know, you can either do it in stillness you can meditate while walking you can meditate even while working out um in between your sets you know if you're taking 30 seconds 40 seconds just sit there and breathe mm. um the key is to at least what i focus on is um being aware of my breath and and kind of monitoring the breath in which direction it's going where it's nourishing my body mm. and um and then also being aware of the thoughts that come to my mind and, and letting them flow through my body. Uh, good thoughts, bad thoughts, all are acceptable. You just need to give them a place and uh, accept them for what they are and, yeah. and let them go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I use um, Headspace on mm -hmm. my phone, which um, that that's, was a great way of getting me into doing meditation. And then I, um progressed on from doing that i built um a water feature in my back garden um and there is it's just a simple water feature of water flowing over rocks but if i just make a, a nice brew a nice cup of tea and i'll sit out in the back garden and i'd meditate for about 30 40 minutes um once twice a week nothing too long out there mm -hmm. i really i really should do it more um but i usually find that uh, i only really had the time to do it on the weekends yeah. um and that was something which i i got profound value from um doing meditation and then in, in the evenings when i went to bed at night um i would meditate before going to sleep and that would then rest my thoughts and handle allow me to address a lot of the anxieties from the day um and stop me from overthinking so much and slow everything down allowing me to sleep because i found that 
my mind would just race and race and race. Um, so it, it was it was a, a sleep aid, if if you would, especially in this uh, when we haven't been able to exercise for so long, um, mm -hmm. exercise in a you know in a gym or group activity for so long. Um, I found having some form of meditation in the evening to be very, I would say, extremely important. Mm -hmm. and yeah, no, and that's quite quite the ambiance you've got set up with the water and yeah sounds it, pretty awesome it, there it's um i've got a pump and a couple of rocks and you can sit there and really zone out to it and i've just sat there just staring at the water and it's, it's lovely to do it i find that water very um water and fire are the two that really gets me mm -hmm. and i know there's um uh the um i think it's called the honest guys on youtube they do uh um guided meditation to storms and things so you can listen to distant thunderclouds and stuff like that and that's mm. really really good um so i think i recommended that on previous podcasts actually so that's something which um i would i definitely recommend to you if you haven't found it already yeah no i i mean i for me it's it is waters well uh, like the sound of the ocean that definitely relaxes me um because i'm able to like just um visualize being on vacation on a beach somewhere and you know there's no deadlines there's no work there's no responsibilities so uh create that atmosphere around myself um one of the things that have worked for me and and it's a lot of people have talked about it in terms of grounding techniques is like the five four three two one method um so that allows me to ground myself to begin my meditation and then i get into the breathing or or even sending goals but basically it's starting with um i might mess this up but i think it's oh, five it. five things you can um hear yeah so when you're visualizing think about the five things you can hear uh the four things you can um it's the four things you can touch the three So it's basically your senses. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, I'm sure. Then, I'm sure we could probably Google Google it if the listeners, for example, are um, interested in that. They could be able to Google the 5432. Yeah. So I think method. it's sorry. It's the five things you can uh, see. Yeah. The four things you can hear. The three things you can touch. The two two things you can smell, and the one thing you can taste. Ah. Okay. Um, so just engaging your senses, and yeah. It allows you to ground yourself and um, yeah, it's a good visual activity. Um, so what I tend to do is uh, visualize, like I said, being on a beach somewhere or, or any happy uh, memory I have from the past. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if it was my son and I doing something together, I typically visualize that and then um, go through that exercise and it just settles things down and grounds me. And then I'm able to focus on my breathing, um, talk, think about the things that I want to achieve during the day. And in, in terms of achievement, it's not materialistic things. It's about how I, uh, I can be a better person. So yeah. focusing on how I can show kindness to others, uh, bring joy to others, other people's lives and, and serve my purpose for that day. Um, so, yeah. And then that's kind of what I'll, after my meditation, if I start journaling, that's, I'll put those thoughts on paper as well. Yeah, I found, um, 
being or trying to become um, a better person extremely difficult. Um, I think it's about succeeding and not getting material things or material goals. Um, they always seemed a little bit more obtainable. I'm going to go and do this today, or I'm going to go and paint the fence, or I'm going to go clean this, or I'm going to sort that out. Um, I'm going to make 10 phone calls today to clients, or I'm going to uh, have a really productive meeting with so-and-so. Um, those always seemed far more achievable than saying, I'm going to give thanks for 10 things that I've done really well in my life today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and reflect against each of those things and then, or smile more. So because that's been so difficult, I gave myself a task and then we're going slightly off piste here, um, what we're talking about exercise and things, but it seems quite poignant to what we're just talking about. But the, um, I always thought that by talking to strangers, um, or by giving back to somebody uh, was a great way of making myself start to accept and realize that I, I can be a good person. Um, so I, I tried a little while ago, um, before lockdown, obviously, uh, I tried buying coffee. So I, was, I bought myself a cup of coffee and then a person next to me, I would just leave five pounds and say, that's their coffee. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't expect to get anything out of it. I just turn around and say, I bought your coffee for you. Um, and even that act in itself uh, felt laborious, enacted, contrived, forced. And it took ages for me to accept that and try to be a better person because of it. Mm -hmm. um, where I've been so used to being closed off and uh, I suppose resistant to being accepting of others around me to then going, uh, you know, societal pressures are buy your coffee, get on with life, go to work, complete this, go home and not interact with anybody else around you, headphones on, facing the mobile phone, ignore everything around you. Um, to then say, well, I'm actually in a coffee shop person in front of me is a human being hi how are you doing right nice to see you smile mm -hmm. you know and you mm -hmm. immediately you get a connection with that person and then the person next to you is hi hi good morning how are you and they look at you with abject fear thinking shit is he gonna rob me you know that look at their face mm -hmm. and then you go i'm gonna buy your coffee for you today have a good day and mm -hmm. the look of complete shock and surprise um nine times out of ten perfectly fine there was mm -hmm. always that one person who goes, no, 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 I don't want that. And get really negative, but I won't dwell on them. But that, that feeling inside of, I've bought you a cup of coffee. I want you to have a good day. And just saying that went a long way to making myself feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> it's funny because, you know, one of the things I would, when I would set my goal for the day or the intention, it was very similar. It was, you know, uh, asking the person who was taking my order or serving me coffee how they're doing. And I remember doing that consistently and, and just seeing their face light up. And yeah. you see happy. That. Yeah, because for them, like how often do people ask them how they're doing? Most of the yeah. time people are just in a rush. They want to get their coffee and keep on with going with their day. And, um, and I found that, you know, 
it, it brought me so much joy to see someone just smile and, and light up. And, and then when I would keep going back to the same place, they would be so happy to see me. Um, and it was contagious. And, you know, I really focused on that. Um, I think, you know, when we talk about all these things, and I know initially we were talking about exercise, but I think this is also important because this is a form of mental exercise. Yeah. Um, and it's not physical in nature, but it is mental. And it's very, I feel, you know, we talk about changing our habits or changing our, our thought processes. And, you know, you're starting to see people make the analogy with our training, our brain is just like training any other muscle in our body. It takes time. It takes effort. Um, there's going to be setbacks. Uh, you're not going to see the results immediately. Like even when you're training, like putting, trying to put on mess muscle, it takes time, you know? Um, so, so I think even with this, the, the mental exercise is something you need to stick to be consistent with and uh, set goals for yourself. So I do see the relation between all of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That mental exercise is a very good point. And that is that I suppose I struggled to try and frame that. And that is a really good summary. So thank you for that. The mental exercises are just as important as the physical exercises. You could become as buff and as fit as you want on the outside and you become really, really fit inside through good diet and meditation. But if you lack the mental skills and the personal skills around you, you're just as toxic to the outside world as if you were unfit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the exterior uh, look doesn't really matter if you're not doing the interior work or, or just focusing on your mind. Um, I think we take that for granted. And, you know, I'm starting to see people talk about it more and more, which is great. But, you know, you think about how often do people actually take care of their, their mind? You know, you, you see people, they'll, you know, you go out and they'll be like, oh, I'm not drinking or I'm not going to eat dessert. It's carbs. It's, it's this, it's calories. And they're still focused on the physical aspect of it. You know, if I consume too many calories or if I consume too many carbs, I'm going to put on weight. But how many people actually say, well, no, I'm going to ha not have a drink because it's going to have this adverse effect on my brain. Yeah, and, and turn me <laughs> it's, and, and give me and give me bad memories or turn yeah, me into a, a really negative sort of person for the evening or or yeah. give me false bravado. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna kill my brain cells, or I'm gonna wake up next morning feeling crappy. Uh, I might have depressive thoughts, or people don't tend to look at it from that aspect, you know. It's like, no, I'm not having a drink tonight because my mental health is important to me. It's it's typically focus around physical health yeah and people would often use substance as a way of masking mental health issues as well so in the same context they could probably use drinking or another substance in order to try and deal with whatever's going on inside yeah and I, I am awful at quotes i think we've had a couple of conversations before and i've said to you in the past that uh, I've heard a quote such and such say that say X, but I can't remember who said it. And I've got another one. Um, and that is where uh, I, I can't, I just really do my head and I can't remember it. That's going to bug me to hell. Um, but it's about 
when some, I think it was said, you can always tell the way people are as a person when you go to lunch with, with if you go to lunch with someone, you could tell what they, that, what that person's like by the way they treat their waiter. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who that, I'm going to have to Google the hell out of that later on. I need to find out who that was. But that is so, so true. Like you said, if you just speak to a waiter and you say, hi, how are you? Good morning. Or they offer you a menu and you say, well, what do you like? Uh, what's your favorite? Um, mm-hmm. You know, any recommendations that you got? Uh, what, what, what do you like off this menu? Um, and straight away, if they're, if they're open for it, they'll, they'll, um, uh, they'll be really friendly to you. But if you treat them as if they're just a, a flesh machine to take your order, bring plates to take it away from you. Um, yeah, that says a lot about you as a person, I think, rather than mm-hmm. them and their capability. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're serving a purpose as well, and it's looking at it in that sense. Um, but you're right. I mean, yeah, I do see it often. Um, you know, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I'll see people complaining about their food or, or how terrible it is, or it's not what they wanted. <laughs> and they just unleash on the server. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, this person is not the one preparing the meal or it's not their fault. And like, what's the point of speaking to them like that? Mistakes yeah. happen. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, I've never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, again it's it's the whole aspect of well-being and uh the mental well-being is equally as important as the physical well-being um i think you gotta (laughs) the analogy i use is you, you have to treat your body like you would treat your car okay and you know, yeah, you can take your car for a car wash, you can buff out the scratches. But if you're not taking care of the engine or not going for regular maintenance, uh, or not treating it properly, the car is going to break down. And, and the maintenance for me looks like therapy, meditation, yoga, journaling, um, just yeah, all of that stuff you can do for your mind and your brain. Uh, that's I think that's gold and you need to you need to capitalize on that (laughs) or if you don't I'm going to (laughs) because I think that is gold that is fabulous um I think you're absolutely right I think capturing those thoughts as to maintaining yourself in a form of a car service book for example of things that you need to do and instead of it being a, an annual service checkup, for example, where you go for an oil check and a brake fluid change and change your cam belt and all that type of stuff, you almost have a daily service check for your machine, your mm-hmm. flesh machine, such as yeah. meditation, X amount of hours sleep, X amount of water, um, mm-hmm. decent diet, connection with others, connection with your surroundings, connection with nature. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. And um, I'm definitely, definitely going to do something with that on Instagram later on. <laughs> I think that's bloody gold. Well done. Well, you can just give me the credits so I don't have to go on and do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I, am go- I, am, uh, I am not going to worry about that at all. I'm quite happy to use, through chatting with you, come up with this gold thing of 
having a little service light come up on the dashboard of your car saying you need to go to bed early for example <laughs> or you need to take time off to go meditate that little light yeah. um yeah, well and i think waiting for the light is almost i think it's too late uh, why do we need to wait for the light why can't we you know like you think about it um people treat their cars better than they treat their mind or their own body yeah um if you you know if you're don't rev the engine don't push it too far don't you know like um know when to stop like if your car's overheating just stop right yeah. or stuff like that and we know how to treat our vehicles and it's the same with our minds we need to do the the service the check-ins um the regular maintenance and and then things will continue to operate the way they're meant to be yeah the body dashboard mm -hmm. yeah, the body mm -hmm. and mind dashboard no that's uh, really good um you mentioned having uh, men mental exercises uh, i probably want to just expand on that a little more because i'm conscious we've been going for quite some time so i don't want to hold you for much longer so i know you've probably got a lot of things scheduled for the course of the day today um uh just to finish up on this then for mm -hmm. mental exercises um such as being nice to others um and pushing yourself out of your your boundaries to connect with other people around you are there any other mental exercises that you think you you'd want to do to yourself or the ones that you do do to challenge yourself to become a better person well i think it's the it's a constant reminder and you know i think for for most people including myself it can be a struggle but i would like to say try to keep it short and summarize it in three things and uh, it's being curious so yeah. reminding myself i don't know everything i don't have all the answers i don't know people's motives i don't know people's intentions so being curious is um one of the key things for me at least number two is humility so humility with me comes like again i don't have all the answers i am going to be wrong i'm going to make mistakes um i don't know other people's intentions um other people are also entitled to make mistakes um nobody's perfect and by staying humble i keep myself open to learning new things um yeah. i keep myself uh available to other people's ideas and thoughts and opinions it doesn't mean i change my opinions on things but by being humble and open i'm willing to listen to others and sometimes i find that my opinion is not the right one and there's a different way of looking at things and it allows me to um shift my perspective uh, and then the last thing is forgiveness and forgiveness is something we've talked about uh, previously but it's having forgiveness for yourself and others and there's so much freedom in that um, i think especially when you're able to forgive others you're no longer a prisoner um, and and i mean that in a very profound way because often when we are stuck or we um hold a grudge the other person doesn't know so mm. essentially we have become a prisoner because of something someone else did and they've moved on from 
but we haven't. And we choose to remain stuck in that space. So yeah. I think for me, through forgiveness, you are able to liberate yourself and move forward. And the same applies when you are able to forgive yourself. So by reminding myself that I'm going to make mistakes and I am going to learn from them, I am able to forgive myself. But, uh, you know, I want to make a clear distinction here. Uh, and I'm not seeing this lightly where, oh, I made a mistake. I forgive myself. Move on. No, I think for me, it's yes, I made a mistake. What did I learn from this? And how am I going to do better? And then forgive myself. If I'm not taking a lesson, then, then I'm not learning. Yeah. And that's, for me, would be a huge problem if I just walked around saying, hey, I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes and <laughs> not do anything about that information. And so I just want to make sure people understand that, that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes, but, um, but if you continue to make the same mistake, then there's a pattern and then there's a habit and then you can't call it a mistake anymore. Yeah. Well, I think you've got three really powerful points. You can even stick on a t-shirt there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Curious, stay humble, forgiveness. I'd probably add be authentic as well. Because authenticity is something which in this social media life that everyone now lives um, and interaction with others seems to be a all-time low, even though we're more connected now than we ever have been in our history. Um, for example, we're talking on two different continents, for example. Mm -hmm. um, uh, being authentic and being, um, being your most authentic self um, is profound. I think it's something that needs to be embraced, being real with not other people, not just other people, but being real with yourself and accepting that you have limitations, accepting that you're going to learn from them, um, learn from those limitations, mm -hmm. um, but not let your limitations define you, I think is mm -hmm. probably something which um, needs yeah. to be addressed. But I think to add to that, I think it, you're right, being authentic about your limitations and, but also accepting that other people have limitations too, because if you just believe you have limitations, yeah, I mean, that's great, you're, you know, but if, if you don't accept the fact that other people have limitations, then not, you're not really being curious or humble. Um, so I think accepting everyone has limitations, including yourself, and being honest about it um, is where true authenticity lies. Um, I think authenticity is very subjective. <laughs> And it's, it's, um, yeah, like, I, I don't want to get into, like, I think we can have a whole conversation around authenticity, but, you know, most people believe they're authentic and, you know, it, it's very subjective and authentic isn't just being honest and just presenting yourself the way you are. I think it's comes with uh, a deeper level of understanding of, um, the other three things I mentioned, right? And I, I think mm. collectively that's what 
in my mind would make you authentic, not just being honest and transparent. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right that we started developing for Khan's commandments there. And something to keep something to keep for a later date. And I, I would love to have that conversation with about authenticity with you some of the time. Um, no, it's been brilliant. I really appreciate you taking the time for coming on for this and having a, a chat. And I know we've gone down several rabbit holes, so it's going to be fun trying to come up with a name for this podcast. But I'm sure that our listeners have enjoyed it nonetheless. So, Furkan, where can everybody find you if they don't know already? Yeah, so I'm primarily on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Uh, so my handle on Instagram is Yunoya Zen. So that's E-U-N-O-I-A-Z-E-N. Um, so yeah. Um, and then I also have a podcast. It's Easy Conversations. So it's EZ Conversations, uh, which is pretty much uh, available on all the podcast platforms. Yeah, so you know, if you, if you ever want to chat or reach out, uh, hit me up on Instagram, DM me, and I'm always happy to share ideas and collaborate. And and yeah, I, I love having these. I call them jam sessions. <laughs> um, it, I enjoy it. I think throwing out ideas and sharing perspectives is where we learn the most and share sharing our wisdom allows other people to learn it. I think there is, I think for both of us, we're trying to bring awareness around men's mental health. And the best way to do that is by having these honest and raw conversations and, and being ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I said, um, I've digested a lot of the content you've put out there. And I think it is very, very extremely high quality. And I would recommend that other people follow you and listen to your podcast, your easy, uh, easy conversations. And it goes without any level of shame whatsoever that I've blatantly ripped off some of that format in order to try and follow you on this one, because I think you've done such a really good job that um, I'm kind of following your lead here. Uh, so my tip my hat to you, good sir. And again, I appreciate for, that. For all the, uh, for any and all the listeners I have out there, all three of them probably, um, uh, make sure you take your time out of your day, follow for account on Instagram and slide into his DMs and drop in some little pros of wisdom. I'm sure that he'd be more than willing and accepting of your comments. So again, thank you very much for joining me for account. It's been a great pleasure having you on and I look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon with our Absolutely. next topic. And I got a feeling it's probably going to be around authenticity. I'm going to do some research on that. So again, thank you very, very much. And I look forward to speaking to you again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Finally, a quick disclaimer. The Thesis Project and myself are not professionals. If you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance, please, please, please seek assistance from the emergency services. If you're in the UK, you can now self-refer to the NHS Talking Therapies online. Just a quick search and you've taken the first step. Full disclaimer, I've done this and I found it extremely helpful. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. It is completely fine and it is okay to not be okay. Feel free to contact us at The Theseus Project on Instagram, either by 
dropping some comments or sliding directly into the DMs. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and any of our other podcasts. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe or leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. And I look very much to exploring more mental health topics and more cool stuff with you again very soon.